Chapter 32 Talking in a busy hotel bar was unappealing to them both. Steve was starting to feel the effects of jet lag on top of months of non-stop work and for Isla, she had spent too many evenings in the sanitised awkwardness offered by these sorts of places. Did I tell you about the room they gave me? Some massive suite with drum roll please, if you don't mind, Miss, wait for it, two balconies. Steve saw Isla blush and backtrack the implied offer. He wanted to be close to her and hoped that she felt the same, but that did not necessarily make what happened next a sure thing. I didn't mean that. Uh, what I think you think I meant, Isla? I, I'm not trying to jump ahead. It's just that I have much better music selection upstairs than what we have here and my own fully stocked bar. I just didn't want to head into the lobby bar again. I really didn't mean to make you feel awkward. Steve, honestly, I'm cool with that idea. There's nowhere I'd rather be than hanging out with you, talking some more and listening to the music we both want to hear. You have nothing to worry about, but you know it's on the understanding that I don't want tonight to be something I end up regretting. There is something between us. We both feel it. We both felt something in New York, didn't we? I don't want to talk about what that is right now, but it's all okay. Is that because of Patrick? No, it's not because of anything or anyone. It's because I don't want to turn something that feels this night and straightforward into something else. Are you okay with that? You understand what I mean? While he understood the fundamentals of what Isla was saying, he had absolutely no idea if he'd be seeing tomorrow's sunrise alongside Isla or not. Perplexed about what she wanted from him, he realised he was overthinking and resolved to go with the flow. He wanted the physical contact that any man in his position would want, but it was important for him to control himself long enough for their connection to flourish into something bigger. He thought of Greta, but only as a reference point. He and Isla had shared more words and feelings in the last three hours than Greta and he had in the many months they had occasionally been seeing each other. He gestured to the barman that he was ready to sign for his tab. As a gentleman would, he stood beside Isla's chair waiting for her to stand so he could pull it back and help her on with her light jacket. What are you doing? I'm being a gentleman? Well, stop it. There's more to being a gentleman than moving a chair. Thanks for dinner. It's been lovely. Should we go up? They nodded their appreciation to the band and barman who was underwhelmed at the 10% tips he had signed for, given that he was in the best suite. The barman may not have been so attentive next time. I might get a flight to see some of the other islands. I've got two weeks and won't get any more time off for the rest of the year. And I can't see Tina picking up the tab again any time soon. You should go to Antigua. It's about an hour north of here and we were there last time I worked this route. It's beautiful and has a lovely vibe. I've heard the Turks and Caicos are incredible but very expensive. So do it while you're on expenses if you can. Don't waste it going to Jamaica. There's nothing there that you can't get far better somewhere else. They started to share more of their travel stories on the way upstairs, Steve doing his best to hide his overthinking as he searched for any indication of what would happen next. Isla held all the cards and he would play along. He was enjoying the feeling of not making the decisions. For a change, there was an easier quality in every way except for their room sizes. He let Isla into his suite, stood back and watched the magnificent seafront vista work its natural magic. Isla sucked in the blackened view from the more spacious of the two balconies, feeling the gentle night breeze tease her skin with its warmth. Apart from the lights following the coastline, the darkness across the water was unbroken, with the views across to Bridgetown completely unobstructed. The music from downstairs filtered in as their ears adjusted to the near silence, and they stood close to each other than ever before. Isla's shoulder touched Steve's arm in a way that was unnecessary given the space, but deliberate. Steve wanted to put his arm round her, but it was Isla who moved first, yet not in the direction he wanted her to. Drink? And um, what about that music? Steve pulled his arm back to his side. He'd been left hanging. Absolutely. Have you seen all the CDs? 
Steen never travelled lightly where music was concerned, carrying at least one large CD holder to have to hand music for every occasion or mood. It was a heavy way of travelling and Stee often thought that there had to be a better way of taking music with you than carrying it on all these discs. Technology was changing and the internet was evolving. Who knew what was coming? Isla struggled with all the choices available. I give up. You sort the music, I'll sort the drinks. Deal? But I'm not pouring gin. It must be rum. Mount Gay is only up the road. It's another place you need to visit. There's a whole rum museum and you can see the caves near there on the same trip. Did I tell you about them? You've certainly got the local knowledge mastered. Consider me told. I'll look it up, my lady. Is there anything else I should know while you're in travel guide mode? I'll think of something. But you can start by explaining to me who the hell the Toots and Matals are. I saw a CD with their name but can't say I've heard their stuff. You've done it now, heathen woman. This is where I look at you with my you're kidding face. That band, the greatest thing to come out of Jamaica. What? Greater than Marley? Of course greater than Marley. Anyway, he wrote his best stuff when he lived in London. Really? He lived in London? Oh, good God, Isla, where to start? The Toots predate Marley by 20 years. They should have got into the Guinness Book of Records for recording an album and getting it out for distribution within a day. So why didn't they? Something to do with not notifying Norris Bloody McWhirter on time. Red tape, the curse of creativity. What they achieved that night was mental. You need to hear them. Prepare to be blown away. He pressed play on the machine, and Isla passed him the rum and coke she quickly threw together. Pressure drop came through the speakers, and Steve instinctively started to sing along. It is you, oh yeah, it is you, oh yeah. He stopped realising how this could be misinterpreted, but Isla hadn't registered the word. She was still captivated by the sensation she was feeling stood out on the balcony. From their arrival a few hours earlier, Steve couldn't believe how the day was ending. If she'd come through the hotel doors a few minutes later or his own journey to reception had been different, they might have missed each other again. The generous serving of Mount Gay rum was a thousand times better than the branded miniatures left in the hotel rooms he'd patronised the world. This was Nectar. It was the most romantic place he'd ever been and he was in a wonderful room with this truly lovely woman. What he now wanted was to wrap his arms around her and feel the affection he sensed she wanted him to give. If only she hadn't suggested another bloody drink and instructed him to play DJ, he'd already be there. The only thing between them was her reference to Patrick. Bloody Patrick! He took a long, thoughtful slurp from the glass before putting it on the table and resuming his search for the CDs, desperately trying to figure out what tune to call upon next with which to impress her. Isla had started to talk from the isolation of the balcony. Steve, can you forget what I said earlier on? I can't believe what I was saying. I guess I'm just not used to being in this position. I know we said this could wait, but she paused, summoning the nerve to offer full disclosure. Look, there is no Patrick. Well, of course there is a Patrick, but there's nothing in it worth mentioning. I didn't want you to think I'd spent the last six months either fawning after you or with somebody else. Steve didn't reply. And I'd, I'd really like to stay here tonight with you if, if that's okay. She paused once again, waiting for some sort of acknowledgement to her proposition. Steve, will you, you say something, please? Stop pissing me about. Tonight, the combination of alcohol, another transatlantic flight, and years of hard work had finally caught up with him. Steve lay slumped at the base of the bed, surrounded by his CDs, the barely started drink sitting next to him on the table. Isla took a pillow and blanket from the bed and put Steve in a more comfortable position. She poured herself another drink, pressed repeat on the CD player and went to the balcony with a blanket of her own. A beautiful, unexpected night was all but over. There had to be another chance for them to finally make this happen.